Hi, I'm Justin. Also, I hate the way my voice sounds, so if you can like do whatever Photoshop does to voices, make me sound awesome. And this is my lovely friend. The beauty in the eyes of the beholder. And it's just about getting into the seat of being the beholder. Haley. I don't think you have to be particularly perceptive. I just think you have to look up. This podcast is mostly just her telling me stories. If you expose yourself to the possibility that this might be really awkward, there, there could be something just really cool on the other side of it. She thinks that her life and way of looking at things are... Oh, I thought I was kind of waiting on you. I thought you were getting your stuff ready. You're waiting on me? Pretty normal. You got to edit out all the misinformation about the Amish. Maybe you can relate. I would like a chance to re-sing the Amish paradise. <laughs> if you want lighthearted stories... All right, you want to talk about goats? And stream of consciousness... I just woke up and needed some friends, and so I bought them. Then you're gonna like the Sunny Side Up podcast. Sunny Side Up, Sunny Side Up, Sunny Side Up, Sunny Side Up. So, if you're at all like me, you may feel that you're living in a world that can be a bit overwhelming and confusing at times. I'm also a huge fan of podcasts, documentaries, docudramas, stories, and of just information in general. Between all of that, and the social media and news, sometimes our brains can feel like they're on overload. Haley and I hope that this podcast can be something of an anecdote to all of that, like little jello shots of joy and distraction. None of it is too serious or really too informative. Mostly it's just two friends who have conversational chemistry talking about whatever enters the minds of relatively ADHD people. We hope you enjoy. Yeah, I, um, I, I will say that's been, that's one of the nice things about modern, modern times. Uh, I feel like most of the Western countries have stopped like imperializing. Uh, and that's what makes like, you know, Putin and Russia, like he's just doing, I think Putin's so confused right now because he's like, Guys, we've all been doing this the whole time. He right? He's really confused. He's like, why is everyone so pissed right now? I just, <laughs> it's like this little crappy little country called Ukraine. Like, what? And uh, they had some stuff we needed. This is how we do it, right? And yeah. That's so true because everything, everything in that country is a little bit outdated. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't, I don't want to just like criticize some other country, no, no, no. but, but. It's true. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so is their foreign policy. <laughs> yeah. You're just, right. Like, it's, yeah. that's not I it. I like his land. I'm taking it. We were talking last night about how the villains in the movies that we grew up watching were always Russian. Yeah, because like, of the Cold War, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty pervasive. And then. And you can't how, have. It's, we've grown up with that to the point that we still, if you wanted to be intimidated by something, you would flex that Russian That's accent. True. break your bones. And make you a little yeah. bit uncomfortable. But, place. dude, look at the situation in Ukraine. If we wanted to really intimidate somebody, the Ukrainians are the ones that, like, holy cow, I, don't, I, know. I do not want to go toe-to-toe no. with those people. No, I was just reading actually so last fantastic. night. I know. I was reading last night about... There's actually this growing movement. This is really going to date this podcast, by the way, but whatever. Uh, but, yeah, this growing movement of – and I don't know if, if this is two soldiers or 2,000 soldiers, but um, they of Russians who they went in, most of them unclear that they were going to invade. Sure. Right. Yeah, was, we, they yeah. were told it was, yeah, some movement on the border or whatever. But whatever, their soldiers are ready to do their jobs, and they've been appalled, A – at how bad the Russian, like, um, military armaments are. Like, they're not getting night vision. Yeah. Right. 
tactically, it's crap. They're just not being given the right tools. That's A. B, they were like told, hey, Mother Russia is great, the strongest country in the world, right? Then they go to little Ukraine, which is, you know. And I'm, Ukrainian grandmothers are fighting them out. Right. That's And they're like, humbling. holy crap, these guys are like fighting back and they're damn good. And they're kind of like, I want a refund. So anyways, what I was reading about is there's a whole movement of soldiers now that are contacting their legal. Um, For there's certain legal reasons where you can basically be excused from the war. Like, hello, I'd like to be excused. And um, anyway. Absconding from military duty? Well, you have to be very careful because if you just run away because you're scared or because of whatever, that's a bit of a niche niche. But... If you, I can't remember what the, all the reasons are, but if you're like, I have great mental whatever, whatever, anguish and pain and something. Anyways, so you, you get a good lawyer to help you word it. You don't just like rebel outright because that could get you shot. But anyways, yeah, there's a bunch of them now, or a number of them, I should say, that are literally like, yeah, this is not fun anymore. Like we thought we were going to go in, we're, we were going to whoop this little country and that's not happening. So, yeah. I've I followed that so closely in the beginning. I'm at, I'm not up to date on current situations well, the, there, but in the even the in and Amber Heard trial happened, which is clearly more important. <laughs> right. I mean, we're Americans. We like, wait. We heard the, <sighs> this is country getting attacked. Priorities. Wait. Yeah, we have movie stars. But Zelensky's approach yeah. and the the Ukrainian government's approach to this, yeah. like to see young. Yeah. Fresh ideas mm-hmm. like they're just the way they tackled mm. this insurmountable problem. It's it has been so like motivating to wow. see the that's response. Cool. Yeah. yeah but cool. even from the beginning, when they were seeing these Russians and the, they could tell that the soldiers were not informed about mm-hmm. what they were up against, right. what they were actually doing and right, what right. the intention was. And they were pretty gracious about like, hey, if you want to turn over your weapons, we'll give you amnesty Mm -hmm. and we'll give you some cash and you can just hang out here and be a Ukrainian from now on. And I'm like, heck, what a response. That's great. Yeah, It was pretty fascinating, which that's not something like it would be different in the United States because we're uh, like Ukraine was part of Russia. That's right. And so many of the people who settled in Ukraine after the Russians Mm -hmm. destroyed all their Mm -hmm. crops and starved them out. When was that? Like the early 1900s, perhaps is fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the extent that there's there's actual like there's like bloodlines, traceable yes. bloodlines, yes, like yes. Mo- that are that are in each place. So it would be a lot easier, I guess, to be gracious when you are related to the people that mm-hmm. are walking across those lines. But it's been an interesting response. Yeah, we may get our own version of this. I read a really interesting book called The Next One Hundred Years by um, I think it was George Friedman wrote it. Um, it's a fascinating book. And um, anyways, he predicts that um, essentially, because he wrote the book, I think, like in 07 or 08. Um, So it's kind of fun to, like, watch, like, his predictions so far, how they've gone. And he's got a lot of insight into things like he predicted that Putin was going to attack somebody because Putin had to. It's very clear why he lays lays out, like, Putin has to attack somebody. So for him, it wasn't like... If it was just when and then who, uh, and he could see different reasons why he would, but he absolutely had to go attack a country. So that was sort of interesting from from that kind of viewpoint. Um, this guy who's not a he's not a crystal ball guy. Um, I don't know if he's even religious at all, but he just is basically like here's world Observe history it. over the last gazillion years. Here's what they do. But regardless, um, 
he talked about how the 21st century, the century we're living in, is absolutely like this is the century of American dominance. Like we really didn't come into full power until like the 80s when the wall fell and we vanquished Russia as a superpower. So we are in the very early stages of superpowerdom. But so anyways, he traces this arc. So we're like on this meteoric Is he American? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a really fascinating guy. It's, I was going to say, it sounds a little like an no, American no, opinion. No, he, no he's, very, <laughs> yeah, he's very interesting. Um, he doesn't put a lot of stock in China being that big of a deal in the long run. I know. He's really interesting. Um, but regardless, the thing that he said towards the end of this, like, uh, That was 100... my skeptical face, by the way. Like, you couldn't hear that in the you microphone, but yeah, when you said yeah, that, I know. I'm, I'm I know. skeptical about hard. these statements. Well, to that point, though, I remember as a kid, like, coming up through the 80s, a hundred percent, we were terrified. I, re- I remember the discussions. I was scared. Everybody I knew was like, Japan is going to eat our lunch. They're buying up our properties. There are Japanese business investors coming over here. They're stealing our, I mean, they're, 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 they're innovating. They're taking our, sh- you know, market share away from us, us. And there was, if you look in the eighties, I mean, they were the number two most powerful country in the world. And Japan. there's only like eight people in Japan anyways, on this teeny little island that has no natural resources, how they do, how they are still like in the top five makes zero sense. These people are maniacs. Anyways. We were terrified of the Japanese because they were going to be the the next whatever. And so now it's China. I think these these things do pass. It's like just kind of hold on your seat and in 20 years it goes away. Whatever. Who knows? Maybe China is the real one. Regardless. Uh, The 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 church that I went to said it was China. (laughs) So that's my... Yeah, it might just be which church denomination we went... What what denomination did you belong to 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 point the finger at where the Antichrist is coming from? Because when it stopped being Disney, it was China. Right, fair, fair. Uh, I think our our little happy cult would have gone... Is that not where the Japanese stuff was coming from? No, no. Japanese was more in the zeitgeist outside. It was like... Because I started paying attention to news... Okay, so yeah, okay. and I was talking about it, but I don't know from like a top level. This was with a peons like myself, a bunch of like you know kids that were trying to stay because we weren't schooled properly. So you had to like learn from like the library or from what you heard. You you didn't really listen to the TV and stuff because yeah, that was I just bad. don't remember hearing as much about Japan. Um, and it I, may have been I was a few years behind you. That might be why I was here. No, I was probably just more connected at a younger age to, like, world events and stuff. I was just paying attention. Like, who's making the cars oh. and who's where's the technology coming from? Anyways. We were just always hearing it about China. I know. Yeah, fair enough. Well, and China definitely becomes the, the, the bad guy uh, as later uh, in my, my time there. But regardless, um, no, his prediction is towards the end of this 100-year um, pr- predictive cycle he's in that we as Americans are going to get to have our own version of the Ukraine-Russia thing with, like, Texas, for instance. Basically, he predicts that towards the end of this 100-year arc, the country that's going to arise as the most, one of the most dominant superpowers in the world is going to be Mexico. Has all these reasons why. He's like, China's a distraction, this is a distraction. They're, they're, you got to pay attention to them, but that's not where it's going. At the end of this 100-year arc, um, in the early 2200s, or around the end of the 2100s, um, Basically, because uh, his whole pitch is that countries rise to dominance based on geography. Mm-hmm. And North and South America are just really, really amazingly well positioned for dominance because we have both oceans touching us, all this other natural stuff. Natural borders, yeah. Yeah, natural yeah. Por- whatever, all this stuff. So it all makes sense when you kind of hear this thing. But Mexico is this sleeping giant right now. Right now it's just gathering its strength. It's growing. And his 
his um, conjecture is there's a very real possibility that at some point when they're powerful enough, they're going to knock and be like, hey, guys, yeah, you kicked our pants We'd a like couple hundred years ago. Back. Yeah, that's our land. And it technically is. We kicked them out. It was their land. And it has that very interesting quality of like a lot of the folks that live there identify as much as being Mexican as American. Mm-hmm. And so there's just there's, there's a potential 50, 60 years from now for a really interesting struggle. And who knows how, how it'll end, but it could happen. Well, there's like on change.org, there's almost always a petition of some sort for yeah. Texas to claim its independence. Right. So Which is different it than it be, going to Mexico. But that, yeah. Yeah. But it would be like the battle of three entities. That's right. That's a fair point. The U.S. saying you belong to us and Texas is like, we belong to nobody and we are our own. And I would, um, I would subscribe to that, that TV series to watch how that plays out. Yeah. But with Mexico, the position, sure, the numbers, they got the population. Yes, they don't have the infrastructure. The government is not as strong there. The cartel runs everything. And so to see these pseudo-political entities, like, Mexico is only going to do these things if the cartel decides it wants it to happen. And that's what's kind of fascinating to me is see those invisible hands of these pseudo-political forces like cartels and Talibans and everything else and how they choose to use the resources that they actually control. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Well, we, uh, we could end the drug war in two years. And stop giving them money. Just legalize everything. And then you take away all their money. Deflate the entire fake. It's a fake industry. Um, You were taking something that's very inexpensive to make. And we, you know, make it ten times more uh, costly than it needs to be. So you you legalize everything. You tax it. Decriminalize it. You take away all the power from Mexico. uh, They're illegal. Um, underbelly, the, the the black market there. And, yeah, I mean, you have a country that is growing in its ability to – they actually have a lot of innovation, technology. They have a lot of uh, manufacturing that gets done there. They have a lot of that – those pieces that are – I mean, they're in their early stages, but fast forward 50 or 60 years on this trajectory and then somehow, um, you know, get the U.S. to get its act together and stop, um, you know, importing – Drugs, um, uh, you know, a couple. You just have a couple things click in a place, and now all of a sudden they're a player, like a real, honest to god player. So yeah, who knows? It's it'd be it's a fascinating thought. And who would we root for in that instance? I mean, USA, USA. I don't. Yeah, I know. It, it's a tough one. I mean, it, it, like, it, did we have a right to Texas? Let's be honest here. Okay, but should we have? Yeah, taken but Texas? this gets into like, I, I think I've come full circle again. I started out as like this very conservative, red, you know, Rush Limbaugh spouting uh, as young every person. good cult member right, is. Good, right, like, it's part of the induction process. Yes. You literally can't stay a part of it. Yeah, so I did what I had to do. I believed in the cause. Uh, as I started to get older, I started to drift, and, I, and I'm very much politically in the middle. Um, but I think I tipped slightly left for a minute. Um, and I do mean very slightly left. And I think I'm re-kind of balancing in the middle. And, and, and here's what I mean. Like, when I was young, I was fascinated with two subjects. The Native Americans. Yeah. And animals. Because remember, I, I didn't have traditional schooling. Sure. Right. We did homeschooling, whatever that was, which was basically self-guided. 
and then you went to the library and you just read about whatever you wanted to read about. It was very. And the best a, books are absolutely about Indians. Thank you. Oh yes. my gosh. Native Americans. I know, right? We're not allowed to say Native I don't or even know Indians it's anymore. PC anymore. Yeah, it's not PC anymore. But anyhow, um, so I loved the the idea and the ethos of the native. And there is something. Side note. Great book called Tribe, I believe I read, and it has this fascinating idea that through the 17, 1800s and even into the very early 1900s, a lot of political and especially religious leaders in America um, considered one of the great fears uh, and, and problems of the time to wrestle with is we had so many young men and women literally abandoning Western civilization and heading out into the literal and proverbial woods to join the natives because they preferred their way of life so much. And in all of recorded American history, we do not know of a single instance when a native ever walked out of the the plains, the woods, whatever, and voluntarily said, you know what? Western culture, give it to me. Western culture, give it to me. That's a fascinating, semi-unrelated, whatever, right? Super interesting. Super interesting. Uh, and now I've made that point, and I can't remember what, 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 what You're was You were talking about as a kid. You, oh, yes, no, you were it. leaned right, and then you kind of tilted okay, left. So when and I was studying the Indians, the right? of course, yeah. See, when I was studying the Indians, the, the, the natives, I was super passionate about, like, their way of life and, and, and who they were and the different tribes and, and how they all work together. And I was, you know, it, of course, I, I was enamored by cowboys, too. But in general, I felt the plight of the red man, as they were called, which is, of course, I think very uh, uncouth now to say, right, right. So I was very, very um, drawn to the plight of the native, um, and I still am to this day, very much so. The hard fact is, though, is that... Have you come to the realization that us little pansy white, uh, what are we, Caucasian, whatever they call us now, we're like freaking gangsters in world history. Like, we kick the out of everybody. Because we really do. It's unbelievable. So, but anyways, when we got here, the only thing that really separated us from the natives in terms of, like, how we handle things is we were just stronger. And we were, we had better technology. Well, we had smallpox. Like, we we brought germs that they'd never been exposed to. And we had guns. And they didn't have guns. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, so like, I because I loved the Sioux Indians were interesting. They were very, very powerful. And if you look at where the Sioux Indians lived, they drove out all these much weaker. Yeah. They just destroyed them. They did what every other human has ever done. So what I'm saying is I'm not saying that, like, what we did was good. I'm just saying that what we did is what everybody else has been doing forever. We just happened to be really good at it, which was basically acquiring land and taking it away from weaker people. And so... In the grand scheme of things, you're like, did that make us especially bad or were we just doing what everybody else has always done? This is my joke back to Putin. Putin's just doing what we've always done. The rules have changed in the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years. Like, it's now uncouth to to take land from people, but it hasn't been up until, what, a century ago? Well, as far as the United States and Russia goes. Yeah. And Britain. Yeah. Um, imperializing is just the name of the game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But there are so many more stable cultures that have lasted much longer than the United States. Um, and they survive because they know when to say enough is enough. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to have all this land. We've got some land. That's yeah. enough. It's enough to sustain the people that live here. And we'll just, instead of getting more, 
let's just make sure we're running what we have right. Right, like, right. We'll get this thing running like a singer sewing machine and turn it loose. And instead, right. the United States is constantly, or was, yeah. in the state of acquisition and taking. And look what a shit show we made out of that. <laughs> like, we were not good at any yeah. of it. And we conquered with guns, and now look what's kicking our own butts. Our guns. Ooh, ooh, it's ooh. like we don't know yeah. how to manage the resources that we have, yeah, yeah. and yet we're still constantly trying to take everybody else's. Do you think we're still trying to take, like, who, who's Look at trying to every, take right now? Look at every modern war has been fought over oil. Yeah, well, that's fair. <laughs> yes, we're still trying to take everybody and else's resources. If you, believe, if you believe the conspiracy theories, there's been at least two men have, who have invented cars that run on water and they've I killed them. I love those conspiracies. Isn't that a good conspiracy theory? They're so interesting They're and kind of hard to ignore. Like, I know. It's like the Bigfoot stuff. You keep hearing about it and you hear about it from different corners of the world. And at some point you're like, there's got to be some truth to this. Hello, lovely friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And it would mean the world if you would tell other people about this podcast and maybe even spam your social media accounts with just how much you're enjoying it. If you are, of course. Also, commenting and rating us on whatever platform you're downloading or streaming from is incredibly helpful to a little startup podcast like this one. On the other hand, if you are dissatisfied with your listening experience, please leave all of that hate on someone else's podcast, just maybe to confuse them a little bit, right? But most of all, we hope you keep looking up and looking for the sunny side of life.